This is episode three of Live Empowered with me, your host, Dr. Lisa Summerhour. Today, the conversation is about putting yourself first. We've all heard the flight attendant instructing us to put our mask on first in case of an emergency. But do we really understand how important this is even when there's no clear or present danger to speak of? What does putting yourself first look like? Listen as we share some family stories that helped me understand early on that my parents had a firm grasp on what this meant. Welcome to the conversation where empowered people empower people. I love that applause thing that happens at the beginning of the show. Um, I don't know if it's, oh, I guess you are down there clapping. Let me put my glasses on so I can see who's here. And uh, I actually should have printed some stuff out before I started, but hello and welcome to episode number three. We are moving right along. I see my mom is on. Hey, Jenny. Um, and I think my Aunt Nadine made it on. She's got her popcorn. She's good to go. Um, this is Live Empowered with me. I'm Dr. Lisa Summer Hour, and I'm actually starting a few minutes early. So I'm going to I'm going to go slow here at the beginning in case some other folks were getting in here on time. But I did want to uh, today just start getting. Thank you, Mom. I wanted to start getting into the groove of just letting people know what the show is about. And uh, we're still in that phase of kind of learning about me and I'm learning about the folks that are coming on the show. So some days I will have guests on the show with me so I can interview and have conversations and hopefully some really incredible conversations with people who will uh, share the platform with me. And then other, other days it'll be me. Um, having a conversation with you. And what's wonderful about this platform is as a guest, if you have your iPhone as a guest, you're able to uh, Can everybody hear me? Uh, okay, we're getting getting feedback here. Hold on one second. It's coming through now? It's coming through, but where do we type in? Hold on a second. This is what happens when your mom just like walks in on your show. It's real time, real stuff happening. So hopefully she's going to get her thing squared away. You don't type in on here. Um, so let me give you guys a little lesson in how to use this. If you are on an Android, um, apparently you're able to listen to the show. And I think you might even be able to see me or any other guests that are on video, but you can't participate live. So Sorry about that. That's just how the platform has been design designed. But if you are on an iPhone, you're going to have some things that you can do. So you can hit that react button that you see in the lower right corner. And if you hit react, and you can clap. If you look in your lower left corner, you're going to see two bars and a dot. And if you click on that, it gives you an opportunity to ask to be on stage to speak. Or it'll ask you if you want to turn on your video and then me or if I have a moderator will be able to decide when and if you can get on and have a conversation with me live on air. So when I get to a part where I'm asking questions or inviting someone to be on, I will uh, open that up and let you decide if you want to come on stage and then you can hit the yes button if I invite you to come on stage. So there is no place for you to type. 
Um, uh, you can I, actually, I think you might be able to go into your alerts and type something, but you can go in and request to uh, share the stage or give me a comment or a question, right? So this is one of the things that makes this platform really unique is that my audience is actually live in real time with me if you're on an iPhone. So you can engage uh, this way in real time, which makes this this amazing. So a little bit more about me, just some of my background. I'm an author, a speaker, and a coach. Um, I do facilitations and curriculum design for diver diversity work, diversity, equity, inclusion, and engagement. We also do that work for race and racism. But as a, as a professional and personal coach, I call myself an engagement and empowerment coach because I really want to focus on helping people find ways to get more engaged in their lives so they can feel more empowered. So I have more than 35 years working in corporate America. I have four degrees and student debt to prove it, um, several certifications and a pretty eclectic and interesting background. So I bring all of that to this forum, to all the things that I do in an effort to, in this form specifically, bring you conversations that I hope are gonna be informational and intriguing and interesting enough uh, to stretch you the way some of these topics have stretched me. Um, my impact, my intentions are to impact people in a, a way that encourages you to experiment with your life. Um, and by experiment, I, I mean, explore different aspects of what's going on in your life so that you can find ways that empower you. Um, there are so many things and so many ways that you can, things that you can do that would help you feel more confident and comfortable living your own life and, and giving yourself permission to live your life on your terms as best you possibly can. And for me, that's what empowerment is. And I do believe that empowered people empower people. So once you're able to find those pathways for yourself, it's going to be much easier. Matter of fact, I think you're going to be you're going to be encouraged and excited about helping other people do the same thing. And that's my primary goal of this show. Now, in doing that, we may be talking about all sorts of things. It could be relationships, uh, whether it's family or romantic or work uh, work relationships. We could be talking about exploring things like travel. Uh, you're going to see my family on here quite a bit, and we're we're pretty excited about the opportunity to travel whenever it comes up. So that will definitely be, uh, I'm surprised my mom, yep, she's already got the earth globe. My mother has nailed the reaction buttons. Um, we take traveling very, very seriously in my family. So we, it's kind of like have passport, we will go. And we do not believe in having bad vacations. So for us, it's been uh, educational and it's been a great way to spend really quality, good quality time with family and friends. But it's also been empowering because something happens when you step into another country and another culture and learn how to navigate that. Right. Or get lost, uh, which uh, I think we've done that, too. So that's what this show is going to be about. So there's really no topic that's that's off the table. Um, I just my goal is by the end of the show that whatever we've talked about We've given you some uh, some ideas on how you can tweak some things in your life and and enhance things in your life and find find that empowerment. So today, I want to talk about being you focused first. And after I write type that in there, I was like, I probably could have said that another way, but I think you know what I'm saying. Putting yourself first, 
putting yourself first. And there are so many things that came to mind. I was telling my mom today, because, and I'm glad she's on here because <laughs> she can tell some of these stories and then maybe you'll hear, hear them from my perspective and her perspective, because some of them involve both of us. Um, but if you're out there and you're thinking about situations where you know you didn't put yourself first and you want to share those, we would love to hear those today. Um, but uh, putting yourself first and what does that look like and what, does, what, what doesn't it look like, right? So I thought of things like uh, sayings like giving somebody the shirt off your back. And if you've heard that, yeah, put your fingers up or clap or something if that sounds familiar with your hair. give you their last morsel. You know, Bible talks about taking care of your home, taking care of the, of your family first. I think it's some, something in there about your, your, your mom or your family, those close to you. And I, I always think of when you get on a plane, I travel quite a bit. And when you get on the plane, I, I think I almost know the flight attendant's whole safety spiel by heart. I, I'm always ready to kind of jump in. If they have a challenge, I'm going to jump in and try to do it. But they always tell you to put your oxygen mask on first. Even if you have a child traveling with you, they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first because the truth of the matter is if you're not in good condition, if you're not healthy, if you're not breathing properly, if you pass out before you get the mask on your kid or whoever else you're traveling with, then you're both gone. And, and I think sometimes in life, we, in an effort to be so humble or think we're being a good person, a good friend, we think that this giving your shirt off of your back, that's great unless you end up freezing to death for doing it, you know, or giving somebody the last morsel of food. That's fine if you have enough food and you've already eaten. But if you do that and you starve, you have to ask yourself, what is it that is motivating me to do these things? when it's putting me in a bad or dire situation. And so I thought, you know, sometimes it's, it may be, we say it's our faith, it may be something spiritual where we think that's, that's just part of being a good person. Um, it could be ego, right? It could be, um, you're saying that this is your character or this is just how I ra was raised to do things for people. But I think we can take any good thing too far. We can take any any good thing to an extreme where it's no longer healthy for us. Um, I think looking at health, wealth, relationships, and, and anything else that you can think of where this rule might apply. Um, I started thinking about what does it look like or feel like to not put yourself first? And I'm going to ask, I don't know, let's see, my mom was trying to get up here, I think. So I'm going to ask her if she's, she wants to come on and... and share something here because I'm getting ready to uh, talk about some stories that experiences that we've had. Uh, so Miss Jacqueline, if you see the button there for the video, you can get on. There she is. Okay. I got to find you a place to sit. So you're still. Okay. I am sitting. I'm turning down the volume on the game. There you go. And there. Back a little bit. There you go. She's ready. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I thought of some things. And so, folks, when you're thinking about these situations where you don't always put yourself first or what that looks like, I'm going to give you some examples right out of the right out of the files of my family <laughs> um, to show you what this looks like, because. Think about this. 
If you are not getting your goals accomplished, if you're not accomplishing your own goals, if you are not feeling fulfilled in your life, um, if you are feeling resentment toward people that you are helping and you're giving things to, it's a really good chance that this is happening because you have made decisions that don't put you first. And I'm not talking about, we can talk about that later, the selfish thing where this tips the scale all the way to the other side, where you only always think about you forever and ever and actually neglect other people. But I'm just talking about things that you might not normally think of that when you do them, it can change the trajectory of your your life and your experience. So I'm going to talk about one. (laughs) When I was in high school, my mom knows what's coming because we talked about it a minute earlier, uh, earlier. When I was in high school, we did not have a washer and dryer. Now, we lived in a nice neighborhood. We had a great home. My parents both worked. People used to think, oh, y'all must be rich. No, my parents have jobs. (laughs) Both of my parents had jobs, and we had a mortgage to go with that nice house that they put us in. But we were so excited because at some point, my parents were like, okay, we're getting a washer and dryer. And me and my sister Peggy were like, yes, because we would spend a Saturday or a Sunday every weekend at the laundromat. And I remember having like 10 washing machines going because there was five or six of us in the house. So we had the job of washing everybody's clothes and that was half of your day sitting in a laundromat. So getting a washer and dryer was huge. My sister, were we were athletes. And so we always had uniforms that needed to be washed. And we were the kids that some days I would have burn marks on my socks because I dried them over the... <laughs> Over the uh, oven, yeah. Open the oven door and hang your socks over. Yeah. So we were getting this washer and dryer, and then all of a sudden we weren't getting a washer and dryer. So I'm gonna let my mom tell you why we didn't get the washer and dryer when we thought we were getting a washer and dryer. Well, you spoke about making decisions. You spoke about taking care of yourself first, and although I. Not sure if I was familiar with that terminology, taking care of yourself first. I knew I wanted to take a vacation. (laughs) And we couldn't do both. We couldn't get a washer and dryer and your dad and I take a vacation. So we decided it was more important for us to take a vacation. So you did not get a washer and dryer. You know, you're, you're, I was, I don't know, 15 or 16. And we were just like, oh, this is so wrong. How could, and so I remember saying, tell him, expressing how upset all of the children were, right? This is terrible. We got to keep going. It's taking up a whole weekend. And my mother very calmly, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember this conversation. (laughs) She said, you live in a very nice neighborhood in a very nice home and you go to a very good school and you have clothes and food and all of the modern conveniences you could have. And if the worst thing in your life is you don't have a washer and dryer, we can live with that. (laughs) And we did for a little while longer. And we did. So it was one of those things where it's just sort of like, Dang, I hate when she makes sense again. <laughs> uh, because, you know, in the big picture, in the big scheme of things, there were much worse things to not have than a washer and dryer. And we really were, you know, in a nice home, in a nice neighborhood. And the adults in the house who were paying for all of these niceties, 
decided they needed a doggone break. And so it was that vacation. And I think for me, it cemented in my mind how important vacations are, how important that kind of self-care is in the way of traveling, that sometimes you need to make sacrifices um, and I, I call them, I think I wrote down somewhere, are you making sensible sacrifices to get and have the things that you want to, and to, 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 even when you're making compromises for someone else, are you, are they sensible to, to the extent that you can afford to do them without any detriment to yourself? That was, that was one of the first ones. Another one I can share with you since, since I have my mom here was my, uh, junior, senior year of college, as I'm determining, you know, where I want to go and what scholarships I may or may not uh, have an opportunity to get. You mean your junior, senior year of high school? Oh, I'm sorry, high school. And I decided uh, that there wasn't any scholarships that I was interested in taking. So, yeah, I, yeah, I actually had athletic scholarships that I was like, yeah, I don't want to take that because I don't want to go to this school, or if I, I don't want to take it to that school because I may not want to play whatever. And so I had this really grown up 16 and a half, 17 year old conversation with my mother about why I didn't want to take. As a matter of fact, I can remember one of them was a basketball scholarship to a school I didn't want to go to. It was in Wisconsin. And my coach, God bless her, Mrs. Gibson, was like, oh, no, I'm pretty sure we can get you a scholarship to this school. And I said to my mom, well, I don't really want to take a scholarship. I had decided at that point I was pretty sure I wanted to go to Howard. Didn't want to run track there. And I said, well, if I'm good enough to get a volleyball scholarship somewhere, I should be good enough to earn one when I get there. And so my mom said, after I had this, what I thought very mature conversation, she said, okay. She said, that's perfectly fine. And I thought to myself, woo, look at me. She said, tomorrow morning, meet me downstairs at 930. We have someplace to go. And I, I went on with my evening like I had just had the victory conversation of, of my teenage years. I was maturing, you know, before their very eyes. Um, let me move this here. And so the next morning I meet my mom and we get in the car and we go to Princeton Savings and Loan where she takes me to right. my own loan for school. And that conversation went something like, while you are going to be going off to college and you will be making adult decisions for yourself, um, at some point, we're not going to have to weigh in and parry my dad. And she said, and we support that, but we won't finance it. So if, you, <laughs> so if you have decided that you don't want to take a scholarship, that's perfectly fine. Then we will co-sign this loan for you. I will co-sign this loan and you will pay this loan off. Lord, let me tell you. <laughs> let me just tell you how quickly and eagerly, how eager I was to get on that campus to earn. I ended up earning a full volleyball scholarship, but not, of course, my freshman year, because by the time I got there, most of the scholarship money had been given away. Thank God for Coach Debnan, who got me a, a meal scholarship. She got me a meal plan. So I was able to get a meal plan as a walk on my freshman year. Um, but my sophomore year, I earned a full scholarship. Uh, that was a lesson learned. So if there are parents out here listening to this who have children that you feel like this could happen, let them watch this. <laughs> let them watch the replay of this. So they know. And for you parents, this was another lesson for me. And I have since told many a friend who wanted to put themselves in debt and second mortgage the house for their kid to go to college. And I think Susie Orman uh, supports this. 
Don't pay for your kids to go to college if you truly don't have the money sitting there to pay for your kids to go to college. Let them get a loan and you can co-sign it, but they need to be responsible for paying that loan. Why? Because my parents knew I had more time to pay that loan off than they did. Right. And it's my education. So it's my loan. So I was more motivated to pay that loan off because it was mine. And I knew too many friends whose parents foot that bill for them to go to college and they just flunked out. I had a loan with my name on it. I was <laughs> oh, so motivated. Right? I was so motivated. So, you know, mom, I actually thought all the way back to, to Nana and Gampy, to my mom's parents uh, when they moved. And last week, if you were with us, if you haven't watched episode two, go back and watch episode two, because I talk about, and several of my aunts are on texting us while we're on uh, we talked about a, a trip that all of us took back to Lincoln Park in Rockville, Maryland, where they grew up. And the way they moved, my grandmother had told me this story that she was ready to move out of Rockville. She wanted to get out of Rockville. It's a really small place, beautiful Lincoln Park, you know, community, beautiful family community. But she wanted something different. And she knew that she wanted to live in New Jersey where she had some other family members. And my grandfather was not interested in moving. So Nana said, well, I just told Henry that he didn't have to move, but that me and the children were moving. So she was packing up all five of those kids, <laughs> kids and they were moving to South Jersey. And imagine that my grandfather decided to move with his family. That's how much she wanted to get out. And, and that was not just putting her needs first, but it was also, I think she was looking at her children. She wanted to give them different experiences and a different place and a different opportunity. Um, so, and I see Nadine clapping. Let me see if my aunt Nadine, Nadine, are you camera ready? You know what? I'll just put you on here to speak and you won't be on camera. So if you hit the button inviting you to speak, you'll be able to talk. Okay. Yeah, I can go on camera, but I'd rather not because, um, I have a little munchkin running through here. That's going to interfere. You hear background noise, but this is good. So, yeah, do you, can you think of a time where you had to put yourself first? You're breaking up. I think, can you think of a time where you, put, you had to put yourself first? That or, for a me to put, or a time when you didn't put yourself first? That's almost every day. Oh. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Hold on for a minute. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah, just like, well, I can say the other day, um, not saying names, I'll just say my daughter uh, needed her car insurance pay, uh, for the needed tags for where she's living now. And I just, just okay, I'm going to jump in the car and go over there and do this. That lady said $313. That was nowhere what I was thinking of. So now I have to wait to pay some bills because I took care of that. I put them before me. And then there are times when it's detrimental because you don't want to do it when you're not able to pay your own bills, right? Right, right. So I'll just have to wait and tell you what is going on. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, you can, it's coming up what I'm saying. I'll just have to wait until um, payday. Then I can pay, you know, the balance of my bills, but to get the car registered. So we'd have something saying Georgia, 
you know, I just did that. And I have one granddaughter that feels she doesn't have to work because I'm here. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. So, yeah, there will be some people probably listening to this. Wow, this is real family stuff. Yeah, it is. It is real family stuff because uh, I think the family is that first line of potential givers or takers that we have these experiences with, right? And then it kind of morphs out into relationships or friendships. And then it might extend itself in how we operate at work. So I'm going to say thanks for getting on here. I'm going to head and you off just to see what's going on. But thanks for coming on and, and talking with us here. So I just want to, and I'm going to make sure my mom is, she's she's there. She's still on there, but we got her off yeah. right now. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, you're on audio right now. So you'll, you'll, you'll be, you can mute yourself on the bottom of the screen. Um, just hit that microphone. So I, I want folks to start thinking about uh, what does this look like in your life? And I, and I talked about earlier, if you aren't getting your goals accomplished, one of the things you can do is ask yourself what's preventing you from accomplishing your goals. What's preventing you from accomplishing your goals? And um, sometimes it's because you haven't defined what they are. But look at where you're putting your energy, look at how you're spending your time and see if you uh, can identify that you're doing things for all sorts of other people. You're helping other people reach their dreams. You're helping other people achieve their goals and you're not tapping into what you need to tap into so that you are pursuing your own goals. And like I said, this can happen with your relationships with your family, like my aunt just talked about, you know, helping somebody pay a bill. Um, this could happen with friends where you are always there for them um, and you feel emotionally depleted. Uh, you don't feel like you have, I, I describe it as being the energizer bunny whose who's battery never gets recharged. And that same thing can happen in your relationships. If you are wanting a partnership uh, where there's an exchange and I'm not going to say equal exchange because it's not always 50-50 all the time, but it, somehow it flows well. Or if you want to use the term balance, it'll balance itself out. Um, sometimes you may be providing more. It's, it's equitable. Let me say that. It's an equitable relationship where you give each other what you need when you need it, um, and it's reciprocated. And when that's not happening you just find yourself emotionally exhausted. And, and I talked about one of the other ways you can notice uh, when you may not be focusing on you first is when that is happening and you feel like you are constantly giving to other people and doing for other people and being there for other people um, is if you start harboring resentment, you, you, you do it, but you do it um, and then you feel bad about it or you feel upset about it and you're upset with them and you may even be getting a little testy, a little frustrated. You'll know if you're calling friends or the people that are close to you and you're complaining to them about, I did such and such, or I gave so-and-so, I'm always helping, blah, blah, blah. If you're doing that, that's the resentment showing up. That's the resentment showing up. And that may mean that you need to take a look in the mirror and ask yourself, why are you willing to continue to put yourself in that situation under the guise that helping somebody else uh, and putting yourself second is making sense for you in your life. Because if you're doing it and feeling ill about it, and that's that's 
that's uh, figuratively and literally because some people actually get sick behind this kind of stress. If you're doing that and you're having ill feelings or feeling ill about it, uh, the question might be that you need to ask yourself, why am I doing this? What am I? Are you avoiding taking care of yourself? And, and I can tell you this, when I went through my coaching program, my coach, Kath, will be on here. I'm going to have her on here to, to have a conversation with her one day. But as I was going through my coach training, one of the exercises we were given was to evaluate what were the things that we did in our day or our week or whatever that were just for us? So what, what kind of time? Is it meditation? Is it exercising? What are the things that, that you're doing consistently? And when things need to be adjusted, what things do you set aside first? And when I looked at mine at that point in my life, the things that got set aside first were the things that were for me. So it might be my exercise routine got got trashed that day or that week, or I wasn't meditating or praying the way I had been praying if, if I got too busy. I was willing to sacrifice my stuff and focusing on me before I sacrifice things that I might've been doing for somebody else or for others. And while that may sound good when you tell that story to other folks like, oh, they're so, you're such a good person and you do, that may sound really good. It's not healthy in the long run. It's not healthy because my first responsibility needs to be to take care of me, right? That, that really needs to be our first responsibility that we're caring for ourselves. And my mother used to tell me, you know, we, you teach people how to treat you. You teach people how to treat you. And if you're treating yourself poorly, if you are putting yourself second or third, or you're not even on your top 10 list, uh, when you meet other people, they pick up on that. They see you modeling the behavior that they should adopt. And then we get upset with them because we feel like, well, they don't they don't treat me like a priority. <laughs> uh, they, they don't seem to care about the things that I need or the things that I want. But you're not caring about the things that you need or the things that you want. So that was a, a lesson I had to learn um, pretty late. You know, I'm, I'm sure I was in my, my late 30s or 40s when it really clicked for me that I had that tendency to put myself set my, my needs aside for other people. Now, you think I would have learned by now after watching my parents with this vacation in that washer and dryer, but sometimes it takes stuff, takes stuff a little bit longer to kick in. So the question is, one of the questions you can ask yourself, excuse me, sacrifices and compromises are always going to be a part of our reality. Are the ones that you're making sensible? Do you feel that they're sensible? And you can, you can, also ask yourself, how do you feel about them when you're making them? Like, how do they, how are they making you feel? I should ask my mom if they had any kind of guilt while they were on that vacation, but I think I already know the answer to that. <laughs> they didn't feel guilty about it because, because they knew how hard they had been working. <laughs> they knew how hard they had been working um, to provide for us. They knew what it took to get from the little house we were living in in South Jersey in Pleasantville, New Jersey, to get to the east side of Milwaukee. And they knew what they had to do to move our family, right? And so for them to have the expectation that they should be able to take a vacation, yeah, of course they should be able to take a vacation. And, and it's taught me and my sisters and my nieces that taking a vacation is part of your self-care. And in fact, taking a vacation could be part of how you 
uh, find ways to spend great time with your family and your friends instead of doing it at home. Save up your money and go on vacation. Don't waste your money on foolish things. Save it up for that vacation. So, so back to this idea of, of how do you know, how can you tell, uh, how can you investigate whether or not you have been you focused or if you haven't been focusing on yourself first. So we talked about uh, what, what does that look like? I had a note here. Yeah. What does, are you getting your goals accomplished and um, are you harboring resentment? The other thing you can ask yourself, and my mom used to say this, go with your gut. How do you feel? I mean, honestly, when you do these things, how do you feel when you are saying yes to something, when you're saying yes to somebody, because a lot of times these things happen because people ask us. Now, sometimes we just offer ourselves up as like some sort of sacrificial uh, lamb of service when we don't have the time, the means, nor the finances to really do it sensibly. And we just choose to do it anyway, right? But if you ask yourself, how do I feel when I'm actually agreeing to do this or when I'm in the process of doing it? Um, Not how you want to feel about it because you want to feel good. And you may even talk like, oh, this is going to feel good. I'm so excited to do this for you. But ask yourself how you really feel because very often we get that feeling in our gut or we have that feeling run run, run through. You feel like it runs through your nervous system. It's almost like, ah. Something in you really doesn't want to do it, but you feel guilty about not doing it. You feel guilty about putting yourself first. Maybe you were raised that you want to be selfless. You want to be caring and you want to be giving. And we look at all of those things as being positives and then putting yourself first becomes this selfish act that you don't want to be associated with. And I'm going to ask you to change uh, that thought process that being selfish, you know, I know people who are really, really selfish and I got to be honest, sometimes I admire them because one thing I know is that they're going to, they're going to take care of themselves first. Now, maybe they go overboard. And like I said earlier, they're always thinking about them all the time, it seems, but I, I can't be mad at them for wanting to make sure they're making themselves a priority in their lives. So we can all learn a little bit from folks that we call selfish and, and say to ourselves, if I just take a little bit of that so that I can honor myself first and make sure that I'm, I'm being good to me and that I'm being a good caretaker of myself, um, what might that look like? And will you have more energy? Are you going to feel more confident? Are you going to get more of your goals accomplished and maybe find different levels of success in your life simply because you were able to do that? Now, um, let me see. My mom is still on mute. Mom, if you have something you want to chime in, hit that unmute button and, and let me know. Um, so you can do that gut check, asking yourself, how does this feel? Um, not how you're telling yourself you should feel, but how you actually feel about it. There's a book called uh, Essentialism. Essentialism. The author is Greg McEwen, M-C-K-E-O-N. W-N, I have one of his books here. Yeah, M-C-K-E-O-W-N. And the first book of his that I read was Essentialism. He has another one out now called Effortless. But in Essentialism, he talks about the discipline that it takes. I'm going to see if I can find it real quick because I actually had it on my screen. He talks about um, the importance of Essentialism 
And for us to only do the things that are essential so that we aren't expending unnecessary energy on things we don't need to do. And one of his ways of telling if this is something that's essential is to ask yourself, is it a yes and not a yes? Is it an emphatic yes? And if it's not an emphatic yes, it should be a no. And so this is one way that you might be able to start helping yourself determine if you're focusing on yourself first, if you're giving yourself all the things you need, and if you are being pulled in so many different directions, whether someone's pulling you or you're doing it, doing it to yourself, ask yourself when those opportunities present themselves, is this an emphatic yes? Like, am I really excited about doing this? And if you aren't really excited about doing them, tell the person no. So, you know, I'm, ex- I'm glad that you invited me to do this, or I'm glad that you thought of me. Um, but this isn't something that's going to work for me right now. It just doesn't fit into what I have on my schedule and figure out, you know, there, I have like a thousand ways to say no, thank you. And you may need to practice some of those. Mom, I see you're off of your mute. I think, did you want to say something? I just wanted to, um, go back to making decisions for for yourself. Because my stepson, Vaughn, decided that he wanted to retire in Mexico. And when I talked about it to people, I was excited for him because he had been looking forward to retirement outside of Cancun and blah, blah, blah. And I was excited for him. And I was surprised by the number of naysayers that um, said, you know, is he crazy? Blah, blah, blah. You know, he's never lived there. He doesn't speak the language. Uh, He doesn't know the culture, blah, blah, blah. Well, he moved. He moved and retired outside of Cancun, I believe, right? Playa de Carmen, somewhere around there. And he's been there for about five years, I think. And we got to see him in February, and he is so happy. He is just so happy. He met a lady. He got married. They have a home. They have a pool. And I'm just so excited for him and so happy for him that he did not listen to the negativity and did what uh, he felt in his gut he needed and he wanted. So, yeah, sometimes stepping out, you know, just following your gut and um, and your desires, you know. Yeah, it, it's what do you really want? I just had somebody this last week ask me, what is it that you really want for yourself? What is it that you really and I, and I have to tell you, I like to think that I'm usually you know, pretty self-aware of being positive and being forward thinking and all of this stuff. I said, but when I asked myself that question and today I was talking to uh, my sister, April, and we got on this conversation about mediocrity. So that's going to be a whole nother show. (laughs) I'm going to do a whole podcast talking about when we normalize mediocrity, when we get used to subpar behaviors or relationships or existing or anything that isn't really um, you at your at your best. It, it isn't giving you an opportunity to experience. I call them life's everyday, you know, the miracles that happen around us. And I think it can happen when we just think, oh, well, at least it's better than what I had and better than what I had, you know, better than what you or I had is good. Um, but but don't we want to dream bigger? You know, don't we? So my brother, my brother, my 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 mom was saying his stepbrother, but we call him my brother. Um, he had this dream for twenty some years 
that he was going to retire from his job and move to Mexico. And some people thought, ha ha, yeah, sure you will. And some people thought he was serious up until he got ready to do it. Then they thought he was crazy, but he had that dream. And so if he had decided to listen to all the naysayers and not make that move, like what would he be feeling right now? Where, where would he, he is deliriously happy. And it took him taking that big leap of faith, but it took him being so focused on, on his own desire, his own dream of living in a different place and having his money stretch and getting away from some of the, what he felt were stresses in his life so that he could have an entirely new, he's probably added years to his life. Um, I can remember, and, and I'm, I'll be wrapping up soon, but I can remember, and my mom will remember years ago, my dad wanted to get a sailboat. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> my dad wanted to get a sailboat. Now, yeah, my dad was not a sailor. He was in the Marine Corps, uh, the United States Marine Corps, the Army, and he was a Philadelphia police officer for a little time, but he never was in the Navy. He was not a sailor. And so the first thing he had to do after talking about this sailboat for 25, 30 years, he took sailing. He took lessons. He took boating lessons, and he got his certificate or license or whatever you get so he can boat. And then he bought a, no. And then he took my mother with another set of friends who did boat. They went on a, a week or 10 day sailing vacation. Uh, my mother went, she hated it. Um, my dad was in, in heaven, right? But this was his dream. This was one of those, th this is one of those huge life dreams that I think many of us have and we never pursue them. And I don't think they have to be this big. I think it's good for you to ask yourself on a day-to-day -day basis or a week-to-week -week basis, am I living the life that I really dreamt for myself? Do I have the, the people in my life? Am I living in a place that, that I, I saw myself living? And if not, what caused you not to do that? Why weren't you able to put yourself in a position to do that? And does it come back to, because I didn't put myself first. So my dad's big dream was this sailboat. So he finally did get a sailboat. He had a 34 foot Pearson sailboat and he sailed all over the place. He sailed up and down the Eastern, uh, Eastern coast. He sailed to, and when they moved to California, he sailed into Mexico several times. He had some of the biggest adventures of his life, um, on that sailboat. And it, it brought joy to me, uh, to see what it looks like when somebody actually has a dream that they hold on to. Now, did it cost them? Yeah, he didn't think so. Um, I remember hearing my mom talking one morning and they were talking about bills. And he said, well, me getting a sailboat didn't affect you. <laughs> yeah, poor baby. <laughs> that when he got the sailboat, he gave her a couple of the other bills that he had been paying. So it did kind of affect her. But, you know, it was one of those sacrifices that they were both willing to make. You know, so when you're in partnership, this putting yourself first you may need help from your partner is all I'm going to say. But you first have to have the dream. You first have to have the, the inclination and the capacity and the discipline to say that what I want for myself matters. And then, then you got to praise, you know, thank, hope to heaven that you're with a partner that thinks that, yeah, that makes sense to me. The things that you want for yourself and you putting yourself first in this instant make 100% good sense. For both of us, because I think if you have a if you have a happy partner, you got a happier relationship. Right, Ma? 
Yep, and I really did enjoy the sailboat. I really did. And uh, he took care of me on it. He made sure I put my life vest on as soon as I got on. But yeah, we had a great time on that sailboat. And another one of your, your podcasts or presentations can be on how do you know you have the right partner? Oh, because in that one. Yeah. a partnership, I mean, uh, a union, it's got to be a partnership. And both of you have to, I mean, there are things that I did that he looked at me kind of sideways, but he went along with it and, you know, okay, we'll figure it out. So, um, yeah, it was a real partnership and uh, he loved his boat and I'm glad he got it and we had a great time on it. Yeah, he did. He, uh, that was one of the last, you know, when he gave up sailing as he was getting older, my dad had Parkinson's and he ended up with, uh, dementia as a dementia related, uh, yeah, yeah. Parkinson's. Uh, Parkinson's related Parkinson's related dementia. Um, so at some point he had to give up sailing, but I'll tell you the adventures he had on that sailboat were, uh, they were the, they were the things that stories and movies are made of. So just to, to be able to see somebody live life like that has been uh, an encouragement to me. And it's empowered me to be mindful that it is okay for me to be first in my life. Um, so that I have everything that I need to give what I have to give. This message is brought to you by the Get Ready to Work Workbook, providing everything you need to know before your next interview, especially if your next interview is your first interview. The Get Ready to Work Workbook is for you if you need help preparing for job interviews. It's a book and a workbook in one that combines education and information gathering. You'll be more confident and have the tools to be more prepared for your next interview. The Get Ready to Work Workbook is available on Amazon.com. Get your copy today. Now, back to today's show. I am better at loving and better at helping and better at supporting and encouraging other people when I am at my best, which means I need to make sure that I am focusing on my own needs and my wants and desires, because my mother also had, had a saying about this that she used to say. Sometimes you just need to take care of the things that you want because your needs will somehow, she's like, God's going to make sure you have what you need. Um, and you get to dream about what you want. We, we didn't need a washer and dryer. We wanted, <laughs> but we didn't really need a washer and dryer. What we needed was happy parents. <laughs> Right? What we needed was happy parents. And, and, and that may sound kind of crazy, but you think about the people in your life and wanting them to, to have that joy and that love and that, that, that sense, of, uh, sense of self. And what is it going to take for each one of us to find that for ourselves so that we have it to demonstrate to other people, to model that behavior and to be the kind of mom or dad or sister, brother, aunt, uncle, partner that we can be, or good coworker even that we can be, is to make sure that you are encouraging people to take care of themselves and that it's okay to take care of yourself because it's your responsibility to do that. So however you want to, you know, if it's putting the, the mask on first or, you know, making sure, look, making sure you have a, give somebody a t-shirt and keep your shirt or give them an extra shirt. You, you may not be able to afford to give them your shirt off your back or your last $300 if it's going to cause you to, you know, you missed your rent two months already and now you can't, you're evicted, but you gave somebody 300. And we see people do this. You probably know people who have done this. Sometimes it's giving money to uh, churches or, or other charities because you feel like you need to help and you are in dire straits. 
So I'm just going to encourage you to one, examine what's going on in your life right now and, and, and look around and, and ask yourself, am I pursuing my own goals? Am I harboring any resentment about not doing it? And, and who am I directing that, to, that at? Who am I directing that negativity towards? And is the reason for this that I am not really focusing on my own needs? And maybe you need to sit down with a list and first determine what is it that you want or feel that you need in your life that you don't have? Because the first step is identifying those things before you can even figure out how do I go about getting them? The next thing I would say is learn to say no, thank you. Learn to stop volunteering unnecessarily because if you really don't want to do it and haven't felt like doing it and you've been doing it, you're the only one that can stop um, because you will start to retrain people to not have unrealistic expectations of what you're capable of doing. So um, that's the second thing. And then the the third thing, I'm going to end with a what went well today. Um, Start looking at the things that did go well in your day or your week. And when you start lining those things up, start examining how much, how many of those things were little things that happened in your day that made you feel better, where you focused on you. And if they're not there, start creating them. So what things do you need to start doing in your day so that you can put them on your what went well list? Is it prayer or meditation in the morning? Is it taking a walk for yourself? So I don't want you to think, or I want to encourage you that this doesn't have to be something huge. These, these things that you do for yourself, focusing on you, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the vacations we're taking or washers and dryers. Not yet. Um, you can start with little things. Spend 10 minutes with yourself every morning meditating. Spend 20 minutes reading. Spend 20 minutes writing, you know, what's going on with you and how you're feeling and what you want for yourself. Um, Spend time sitting and listening to music. Figure out what you can do in your day every day where you just take time to focus on you. And if you start doing that, you will open up those, those doors. You'll open your mind to finding other creative things that you can do to expand that. And then you'll realize that you're, you're, you're even better support to the people in your life than you ever thought you could be because you're going to have the energy and the desire coming from a different place. So I hope this has been helpful. I'm going to thank my Aunt Nadine and my mom for being here with me again today. And I hope this has been helpful. I'm Dr. Lisa. This is Live Empowered. And I will see you next week. And yes, we will put on the docket that we are going to talk about how to find a good partner a really good partner, like a really, really good one. And then I'll bring my mom. So everybody, it's a little after six. Have a good evening and do share this uh, podcast with some folks who missed it. Uh, We'd love to get, uh, get more folks on the replay. So everybody have a great rest of your evening and have a fabulous weekend. Bye. Thank you for listening to Live Empowered. You can connect with me on Facebook at Dr. Lisa Summerhour Live Empowered Institute. If you enjoyed this episode, please recommend Live Empowered with Dr. Lisa Summerhour or my series, Divorce is Not a Destination, to friends and family. Be sure to join my live audience and see upcoming shows by registering for access at firesidechat.com backslash Lisa Summerhour. Catch replays on Fireside and my YouTube channel, Live Empowered. Until next time, Live Empowered, lead your best self forward. Live on Fireside.